This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network, taking you beyond the court and inside the locker room. Can't call it. Can't call it. Away with it, Aki. Keeping out drives left hand, back to the right, off the glass, right. and good. Thomas Aki, Healy, number one cop on the fourth, finding a way to the rack. White, far side wing, George King from the wing, three point shot, good. Running up the court, dribbles behind his back off the glass and in. Thomas Akizili with a little bit of flash. How bad that for a Thursday night? That's pretty nice. Sienna Monroe has the ball and it's picked off by Bryce Peters. He's racing down the court and he slams it through. An emphatic dunk by Bryce Peters for his first Colorado Buffaloes points. Akizili King, left-handed dribble, spins off the glass. Good, George King with a wonderful move on the dribble drive, and the Buffs finally have the lead back. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Konigsberg, Jake Shabiro, and Ted Chelton. Maybe I'd be better off in hell. Tables do turn and labels do burn. The second they ask you to sell your soul, don't you do it, don't you Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast coming to you from the Blake Street Tavern. As always, we got the Hoops Pod. Uh, Ryan Konigsberg, Ted Chalfin, and Jake Shapiro here to bring that to you. The Colorado Buffaloes went one and one since our last Hoops Pod. Uh, lost to Notre Dame in a very tough game. Uh, didn't play so well in the first half. Was very inspiring the way they played in the second half. And then they beat Texas, 22nd ranked Texas, by 14 in Brooklyn. Both of those games in the Legends Classic. Uh, some good things, some bad things. Uh, some interesting things, a lot of different takeaways, I think, from those games. But first, uh, the place where you can take away some cash is mybookie.lv. Uh, that is if you win. With fast, no-hassle payouts, mybookie is the site to put your cash on the line. Thousands of experts and rookies are playing and winning big there every day. They offer real Las Vegas odds, amazing player props, and live in-game action with odds updated in real time. Join now and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 and get an extra 10% bonus on top of that when you sign up and deposit today. Just make sure you use promo code BSN Denver. So, guys, uh, the Buffs, what are your takeaways from those two, the sequence of two games that you just saw? Uh, I mean, Ryan, last time we talked, we talked about how impressive the Buffs had looked through the first game, first three games because of the different ways they were winning. Uh, they lose one, obviously. They win one. What are your takeaways? Well, obviously, in a perfect world, they come out of Brooklyn with two wins. But that perfect world didn't exist. And I think they took what I would call a very valuable loss to Notre Dame earlier in the week. Uh, it wasn't, though, you know, you, you, they didn't play Colorado basketball. And I was joking I was joking with William Whalen today as before watching uh, the – next the texas game and i was like tad Boyle wants to walk into that locker room and just point at them and be like that one's on you not me i'm not even putting that on my record y'all lost that game because you didn't do any of the things that i coached you didn't play defense you didn't rebound you didn't take care of the ball all that well it was annoying i think for fans to watch that game but man i, I know tad Boyle kind of sat there after the game and just smirked and he was like i am going to pound defense and rebounding into their heads so damn hard after that loss and look they came out the next day and they clamped down they without even all, having a practice yeah they hit all their numbers exactly and so he was able to take that and say you guys played I mean they played good offensive basketball against Notre Dame and they put up 83 points and it wasn't good enough because they didn't do what Colorado basketball does 
So you never want to lose a game, but you're okay with losing to a really good team, I think, in Notre Dame early in the season. And if you're Todd Boyle, you said, all right, look, like you got it out of your system. Try and not play Colorado basketball. See what happens to you guys. That one's on you. Yeah, I mean, you can say they played three pretty good halves out of the four that they had in New York. The first half against Notre Dame, they gave up 50 points. And the last time I think that happened was in the CSU game when CSU was shooting the lights out in the first half last year before they went cold. Um, it was ugly to watch the Buffs allow that many drives to the basket. Um, it's not something that we've been accustomed to, and Notre Dame looked like they couldn't miss a shot for most of the first half of that game. But Notre Dame beat Northwestern today, so they won the tournament. They're probably going to have a pretty good season, just like they tend to. So I think with you know all things considered, the fact that CU got to play Texas, which they weren't expecting, having lost, it's a nice RPI boost. And then not only that, they have a ranked top 25 win on their resume now, even though Texas will definitely be out of the top 25 next week. I'd expect them to come back in the top 25 by the end of the season. They are a young, very talented team. Tad Boyle talked about that. He even said after the game, he went as far to say, as, I would not want to play this team in March, and I would not want to play this team in two or three years. Uh, and he's right. Shaka Smart's a really good coach, and I'm sure he's going to use this talent and uh, do the opposite of whatever Charlie Strong's doing down there at Texas. But uh, – I think from a buff standpoint, you look at that Notre Dame game, and I think you're right, Ryan. It was a valuable loss, and you heard some of the quotes Tad Boyle had post-game on after Monday night, and he goes, he, he was, like, kind of happy. Like, it almost sounded like he was happy because he's just like, oh, like, I'm, I'm going to get to them. Like, I'm going to show them now, like, what the hell I've been talking about for six weeks because I even wrote it in my lead in my story. It's like, like – for six weeks, Tad Boyle has been talking about all the problems with his team and nobody listened. Nobody in the media, nobody on the team, nobody listened. They finally had the game that Tad Boyle was saying was going to happen. And uh, he kind of was like, in your face, look, we lost and this can't happen again. Also, Ryan, you took my water. There's three waters. How did mine end up to the left? I don't know. I always put my water on the left. I always put my water on the right. Something's amiss here but at the Blake Street Tavern. So, did Ted, like, Ted's got two waters now. Well, let's just do this. You can have this one now. So, like, this me and you basically just shared a water for the last, like, 20 minutes, and now that's okay. I got a fresh water. Okay. As long anyway. as you're okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing great. You want to know why I'm doing great? Is why? this an advertisement? No. It sounds like it's about to be a read. <laughs> it's a read for Ryan's good takes. Uh, a little guy. I talked about once or twice on this podcast last season. <laughs> I actually heard you didn't invent your lo invent loving this. No, guy. I I I as Goose actually said it. Not even me. I invented Derek White, like the human. So my invention has come. Con congrats on the on the partner there, buddy. Yeah, thanks. You invented him with your first ever article for BSN Denver. My first ever article on BSN Denver was about Derek White. I went and got multiple accounts from people he had played with or against in the RMAC. They all said he was going to be legit, so that's they a, get a, they That's get a, a damn good foundation for BSN buffs, by the way. Yeah, well, it was it was a nice little uh, bit of reporting. I wanted to come in with a splash. <laughs> I hope I'll be able to talk about the fact that my first play-by-play -play call ever was Bryce Peters' first college points. Which was go. played on the start of the podcast. Yes, if you, you haven't heard, that was Ted. That was me. Uh, that was our voice. It was Ben Burrows. Burrows also. Hey, friends of the program bound. My first ever interview was with Dom Collier. That one hasn't exactly panned out as well as I was hoping. Oh, but here's <laughs> talk a about thing D. White. About talk about here's a little thing about Derek White. He uh, he leads the team in a, f in a few categories you might have heard of: points, assists, steals, oh, and blocks. 
Get out of here with these sabermetrics, Ryan. So yeah, he's he's uh he's decent. He's also say. leading the team in being the leader of the team. Like he is leading the team. We didn't expect him to actually be the point guard. We expected him to be the point guard at times, but he has legitimately just been the point guard all year now. Yeah, and he and I thought he had two of the biggest plays in that Texas game, and you just saw like it flashed before our eyes. Oh God, they have that guy again that they can turn to at the end of the game and say, D. White, we need a bucket. And he crosses someone up, looks, makes them look silly, hits a fadeaway, or you know, hit, does a little hezzy and pulls up in front of their face and hits a three and seals the game away. So you're no longer wondering at the end. I mean, think about last season. I know George King kind of built a, um, an ability to hit a big last-second shot. Obviously, he had the shot against Washington State. Which probably saved the season. Right. But – you look at this now. Now you've got the guy who handles the ball for you. You don't have to run any plays for him. You toss the ball into him and you say, Derek, go win us a game. And he's going to be able to do that. So less of me tooting my horn, more of me tooting his horn. He has been fantastic so far. Everything that we dreamed of, and I think Will said it best on this the preseason podcast when he mentioned the fact that he's going to have games where it, you know he doesn't have to score 25 every game. He's going to have 13, 8, seven and four or something and you know today he has 16 five four three and three that's 16 points five rebounds four blocks three assists three steals and he did something really similar to that in monday night's game in the loss he he, he was very similar to that and uh mark johnson pointed this out on the call of the game uh while i was tuning in for a little bit on, on koa it's on 760 actually today and he said Derek white's defense has been the most impressive part about his game and I want to add to that because Josh Fortune did not look good uh, today, Tuesday, on defense. And Josh Fortune's one of the better defenders on the perimeter. Derek White stepped up and was a pretty solid defensive player and added an effort all around. And you, you talk about the numbers, uh, three blocks and three assi- or three steals or whatever it was, but it seems like Derek White's always making pretty solid or big defensive plays right when they need to be made and they swing momentum. Yeah, and, I mean, you look at this, we talk about today a lot, especially because they won. But in a loss, he was even better. 20 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 blocks. So in the two games, it's 36 points, uh, 11 assists, 9 rebounds, 5 blocks. And the one problem. like a LeBron game. Right. And yeah, <laughs> the one problem he had had this season thus far was free throw shooting. He, I, I think he missed one or two free throws the entire week in Brooklyn. The Buffs did shoot their free throws pretty well. Um, unfortunately for them on Monday night, uh, Notre Dame couldn't miss from the line down the stretch in the second half when the Buffs had a couple of chances to get back in the game. But for me, watching Derek White create his own shot is 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 breathtaking. Like, as somebody who hasn't seen that on this team in, well, we're close to three years now since we've seen that, just watching him have the ball, dribble around the top, and cross somebody up, take a step back, and make a shot. It's amazing. And we haven't seen it here since Spencer Dinwiddie left. And, and it's great to actually see it. We really haven't seen him turn it completely on. I mean, there's going to be a game where he is cooking and he's crossing everyone up and hitting that mid-range jumper. I mean, I've seen him in practice last season hit that mid-range jumper on dudes, which is unguardable, the little fa- mid-range fadeaway. I've seen him hit that eight or nine times in a row on offense while they're running scout team offense and he's playing whoever the best you know player on the other team was. So. We haven't seen 
him go full offensive outburst yet, and they haven't exactly – I don't know if they've exactly turned him loose and say, go win us one. It's no, going to have to happen at some point. Did you see his, his coast-to-coast or, like, Colorado to New York, if it wasn't full coast-to-coast, <laughs> little break where he just took the ball from, like, well deep in the offensive zone and just went down and got a layup today? Just blew by everybody? It's so Spencer-esque the way he attacks the rim on in, in transition because yeah. he makes it look so easy. You know, you see someone like – not to, you know, pile on a guy, but you see someone like Josh Fortune on the break. He's going 100 miles per hour. He looks out of control. He, or even you know, Tomasaki Zeely. Right. Pinned out one, point out right. one guy. You see Derek on the break, and he's still going by guys, but he looks 100% in control. Right. He just draws the foul and gets an and one or, you know, is able to get the foul or just go straight to the rack and get a layup. So he is exactly, I think, what this team needs in terms of a point guard because – He's so in control at all moments. This is how much uh, we think Derek White's actually not even close to at his best game yet. Ryan and I always send each other headlines. We've talked about that on the podcast. We help each Don't other with Don't tell them this. No, I'm not telling them our headline. <laughs> what I'm saying is we have about five headlines that we've come up with that are really good Derek White-inspired headlines. We haven't even touched them yet. Like there hasn't, there hasn't been one where it was worth touching, and he's had some really good games already. Yeah, he's the best. I mean – Best player on the team by far, and I said that coming into the season. Is he going to win the Pac-12 Player of the Year award? Oh, boy. I think he has a great chance. It's wide open this year. Um, I think he has a great chance. Speaking of guys that have been awarded awards. And I I (laughs) called that, by the way. Awarded awards. Awarded awards in the Pac-12. George King was the Pac-12's most improved player of the year award last. Won the most improved player of the year award. He was the most improved player of the year last year. Yes, last season. King thus far uh, hasn't brought uh, brought in that scoring ability. Uh, he had two 30 balls really early in the season last year. This season he hasn't done that. But today and yesterday, boy, did he look like Andre Roberson. It's amazing it's an, to it's me. It's an odd comparison, but the way he rebound the ball. That's, I mean, does. I know what you're saying when right. you're talking about the rebounding. He did To me, he looked a little bit lost offensively on Monday night. But I think today he definitely had a much better offensive game. And it's amazing what somebody with his ability can do rebounding the ball when they suddenly have to. Because I mean, he hasn't had to right. before. Wes and XJ were basically invisible on the glass today, and Tory gets hurt, and George pulls down 13 boards. It's great to see because that's one thing. Tad Boyle said he's got to make the people around him better, not just making himself better. Rebounding is one of the ways you help your team, and now that he has to, it's great that he can. I had to laugh. There was one where he soared above both Wes Gordon and Tory Miller and, took, and high-pointed both of them and took it away from them. And I, I, I just imagine at some point, you know, on the bench, they're like, yo, bro, like, chill and he's like hey tad wants me to rebound i'm gonna go rebound i mean you hate that you like one of the most unfortunate plays in basketball is when you've got two or three guys all going up for one rebound on the same team and it goes out of bounds off of them but you almost take that if you're a coach because you want everybody on your team whether it's your guards or your forwards going after the basketball i mean george king was cooking today and speaking of cooking Jackson's Grill. <laughs> Jackson's opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, and Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. There's 65 and 70-inch TVs everywhere. The food is still amazing, and there's almost 30 bears on top. Tap, not top. 30 bears? 30 bears. <laughs> 30 bears on top. I didn't realize what kind of a bar this was, Jack. <laughs> Oh, my God, that's amazing, uh, including tabletops and where you can control your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off of Arapahoe and I-25, down in the dirty where Ryan lives now, the original sports grill. Uh, I don't think they're that kind of bar, Ted. Dang. But, Ted, you tweeted out a great stat about Colorado's win 
today, Tuesday, about or, uh, uh, over Texas about that win. What was that stat? Because I want to give people some context of how important this win was because with all, with all that's going on around the football team, people are forgetting that there's actually basketball. Yeah, and that the basketball team just won their first game over a ranked opponent at a site not named the Coors Event Center since early 2013 when they beat the 19th-ranked Oregon Ducks in Eugene by one point in a mud fight that was like 48-47. Uh, Josh Scott had the winner in that one, but it was February, I believe, uh, maybe it was early March of 2013, and that was the last time. So it's been three and a half years since they beat a ranked team outside of Boulder. That game was so ugly in Oregon. However pretty the, bas- the basketball game that year between Oregon and CU was at home, that was the direct opposite. That was the ne- that was the following season, but it was yeah. Oh no, wait, that was twenty. Oh yeah, it was January it was 2013. It was, and yeah, 20, it was like yeah. January fifth. It was 2012, 2013. Yeah, right. So that's how long it's been. Yeah. Wow. 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 That's the wild. only thing is like I technicalities. Know. Like well, Texas really wasn't ranked. Right. Tex- technicalities. I mean, it's true. They wouldn't if they did a ranking after every single game. Instead of every week, then yes, Texas would have been out of the top twenty-five. They were, they were holding on by the horns for the for the ranking <laughs> in the bowl. Yeah, they were a fraud. Texas got burnt. <laughs> burnt right. orange. Uh, so Tory Miller got hurt in this game. He and, did. And Ryan, we talked about Tory Miller a lot on the last podcast, but you you said basically if Wes Gordon's in foul trouble, Tory Miller is your option, and that's bad news. And that Notre happened Dame. in <laughs> Notre Dame. Well, if Tory Miller is hurt and Wes Gordon is in foul trouble. That's really bad news. And you're calling Steve up Steve Kerr. Wirt. And you're saying, uh, so how do we do this whole thing where we don't use big men? Because. And blow a 3-1 lead while doing so. <laughs> Lucas Seawert, while promising. He is very promising. If, he is your pri- if he's going to have to be your primary defender in the paint because Wes Gordon is in foul trouble, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, this hurts almost I think this hurts more than the loss of Dom Collier. We'll see how long Torrey's out for. But he's a less replaceable player because of the depth that they have behind him than Dom Collier is. I think Torrey will be fine. It didn't look too bad to me. Um, But it's just it's kind of a wake-up call about the depth that they have in the front court. And, I mean, there's no rules against taking off a redshirt. If they had to do it, they could bring Dallas Walton. And I think if Torrey Miller, and I don't again, I don't think he will, but if he were to miss significant time, you might have to do that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is they're close to needing to pull off a red shirt on Walton or Straitling. Uh, it would no way not Straitling. It would be, it would be Walton. But he looks like he weighs as much Stratling. as I do. We'll find out next year when he's on scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to learn walk-on the, pronunciation. You know, it's no. funny that I say that, red though, because Tad Boyle said today after the game, he's like, uh, he was joking, but he, they asked, uh, Mark asked him after the game, he's like, so, like, did you notice – Derek's defense uh, at all last year when he was red, when he was not allowed to play, and Tad's like, I never notice any of the guys that aren't allowed to play, <laughs> which is a lie. Which is yeah, a complete I'm sure he lie. He had no idea who Derek White was last right, year. Right, but I don't know, that was the joke. I guarantee you, every time they lost the game, he was like, Ugh, <laughs> we had Derek. And two yeah. years ago, it was off. We had Josh Fortune. But that was incorrect. That was a bad take, Tad. Well, you can't. All, they can't all be good. He but didn't wait have that take. That was a, know, a that manufactured was, fake tad well, that take was a, that you just that roasted. That was a tad voice, like, like that. I gotcha, I gotcha, yeah. I gotcha. So, wait, can we talk about – I just want to bring this up at some point that, like, Bryce Peters is three games into his career and is already, like Tad said, 
he thinks he could be like the one true perimeter stopper on this team in the future. Like he said that after the game on Monday night, he's like, we don't have that guy. I think Bryce Peters could be that guy. And it's like, whoa, he really okay. wants, he's really wanting to put a lot on Bryce's plate because I think he feels there's certain bass. This happens a lot in basketball where certain players need to be held responsible for things. Yeah for them to reach their potential. And this is a classic case of it. It's almost perfect. Everything that's happened with Bryce Peters is almost perfect for that. I mean, you know, gets into a little bit of trouble. Um, he has that swagger where if you just kind of let him free, he's going to turn into a bit of a loose cannon. You know, you saw him take a bad shot, his first shot of the game against Texas. It's just like he has that in him. He has that gene in him where he can come into the game and just like start heat checking before he's even shot. So, you're always going to love having a guy like that. But Tad is doing the thing where he says, I'm going to put so much on your plate and give you so much responsibility that you have to dig in and yeah. be that guy for me. You're a loose can cannon, meow, meow, fuzzy face. If anyone so gets wait, that reference. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally get it. So does that make him is – he, is he the number two cop on the force? Is Bryce Peters the number two cop on the force? A debate. <laughs> meow, meow, fuzzy face a think is a good comp for a him. Think piece. I might have to do that like, like during winter break. I think Bryce has to do to a couple things to earn the number You're two cop on the billing. But the thing with Bryce is he's more exciting watching him than just about any CU freshman that I can – I mean, and we're not even – like it's to the point where we're not talking about Deleon Brown at all, who's, like, had some pretty he decent He actually moments. died. You mean Bayleon Brown? He died. <laughs> R.I.P. But seriously, Bryce, Bryce Peters, it's like immediately he steps in and, like, everybody else fades into the background. He just has that kind of, like, magnetic thing to him. He's got a lot of Russell Westbrook in him. I can he's got the comment. swagger. He's got, he's got the, the funky clothes that <laughs> work for him. He talks like Russell Westbrook a little bit too. Uh, he's got the hair. I mean, like some, I mean, Russell Westbrook has, doesn't have the hair. He has a je ne sais quoi. Like there's something you don't know what it is. There were six different media people just gathered around Bryce Peters when he was like out next to them after the game because somehow Not six. It was me one and two girls that work in the media. And me, and there was somebody else. That, point is, that person's not media. The point is, he has a personality that just draws people, and there's just not that many people that are like that. He just people want to. It's it, he's, he's an exciting person just to watch. Yeah, he has it. Yeah, and that's it's fun. exciting. But he does. He just needs to get it together upstairs and, and realize oh, yeah. where where he could go. If he really digs his heels in and, and listens to what Tad well, has to yeah, that's what Tad, that's what Tad wants. Another really exciting development, I don't know if we're going to get to this or not, but I don't want to gloss over XJ, who today had his first really great game of the season. He was, I mean, I thought he was great against Notre Dame, too. He was pretty good. The Buffs did a great job of getting on the break, feeding him the ball, and him going right to the rack. Um, it's kind of, you know, it, it's him realizing that, that four mentality – but I thought it was amazing that he got an offensive rebound at one point and everything was kind of crazy. And he got an offensive rebound and I was with Will and Tyler and he instantly settled it down and chucked it back to the top. And I was like, whoa, like that's a fifth year senior playing. Yeah. He, he didn't have to think to make the right play. And in the past, XJ would have taken that ball and tried to dunk it or do something and, yeah. you know, got stuffed or whatever. He gathered himself, pivoted, and chucked it to the top, and they ran some more clock. And I was like, ah, there's that experience finally showing through. 
Now, yeah, I mean, I think I may have blended yesterday and today a little bit because they were like the games were 16 hours apart. Um, but yeah, I mean, based on the first three games to now, you definitely saw even in the second half of that game against Louisiana Monroe, he was starting to get his feet under him. And maybe now we're actually going to see the Xavier Johnson that everybody was hoping would come back from that injury. He looked good. I mean, that's just simple as that. Uh, one of my friends texted me, started the game Monday, and goes, XJ, he just made a play, looks really good. And I said, I, he hasn't looked good. Like, maybe that's just a misnomer or whatever, uh, one off. I, I don't know. And that entire game Monday night against Notre Dame, he just continued to go. He just continued to go. There was no stopping XJ. And he looked like the player. He, he, he didn't look like an old version of himself because XJ's evolved as a player. And people are craving that athleticism or that jump that he had. I don't think that's there anymore. But he's evolved to a different player where he's really bulked up to play that four. And he looks good in that role. And today... He's better than uh, Wes or Torrey at scoring in the post. Right. And, and today, he didn't have the numbers of a good game, but he was impactful as he was as impactful as anyone else on the team. And that's what Xavier Johnson needs to do because I'll tell you what, and, and this is the secret from practice, Xavier Johnson has not yet established himself as the leader of the team, but if Xavier Johnson establishes himself as the leader of the team, which he's on his way to doing, this team will go very far. Just Xavier Johnson needs to put his money where his mouth is. If Xavier Johnson plays like this all season, he can say whatever wild things he wants to say to the media or in practice or to Tad because he'll be the leader of the locker room. Right now, he's not there yet, and he needs to continue playing like this to have the trust of the players around him. I agree, and I think he, above anyone, has the clout in that locker room to take charge and they they kind of rally around him. He is a different leader in the sense that he's not he's so different from being a Josh Scott type leader where you know it's a he's lead not by a lead by example. It's a lead by example, you know, every day giving the you know the the encouraging everyone and wanting everyone to, you know, make the right choices type of guy. He's the let me lead you because I I've been through it all. I care about you all. I can back it up on the court when I play. And I think he can be the leader for these guys. He's the rock, so to speak. And speaking of the rock, for 15 years, the rock restaurant and bar has been the premier hangout for the Smoky Hill community during any time of the day. A fantastic restaurant on one side offering great home style food. Mm, that sounds delicious. And an awesome bar on the other side, packed with sports fans just like you and amazing drink specials, which we all like. The Rock is open from 9 a.m. to 2 a.m., seven days a week, and their breakfast menu is to die for. Check them out online at therockrestaurantandbar.com or just show up off Smoky Hill Road near Saddle Rock. So moving forward with the Colorado Buffaloes, they have a game Sunday against Wofford. Uh, Go Terriers. I knew they were like a dog of some type. Do you know, hey, Ted, do you, Jake and I both know this because we were tested on it. Do you know what by, state? By my dad. What state is, the, is Wofford University in? I have no idea, but I'm going to say Massachusetts. Ah, a little lower down. Where? South, South Carolina. Carolina. That's a lot lower down. I guess North Carolina, which I was pretty proud of. I had no guess. Yeah, I have no idea. I would not have been able to tell you. Uh, and then they have CSU coming up next Wednesday, so a week from when this pod's going to drop. Uh, at 11.30 at Coors Event Center. Uh, not 11.30. 11 7, 7 o'clock. The date is 11.30. Yeah. The next day, uh, if everything goes according to plan, a lot of media members will be flying out to Santa Clara. 
uh, for the <laughs> Pac-12 championship game. Uh, so stay tuned for some tired coverage for, uh, of BSN Buffs for that one uh, if the Buffs win on Saturday in football because that is overshadowing the basketball program right it's now. It's overshadowing been, the basketball podcast right now. And it's been, re it's been really interesting to cover both of these things because – Everyone at basketball kind of wants to talk about football, too, a little bit. Everyone, everyone in the Denver Broncos press room wants to talk about the buffs. So Football. Football. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like, I, I was talking to Mitch Lombard after practice a few days ago, and I was like, yeah, like, how, like how's everything going? Like, whatever. Making small talk about the basketball team. And he's like, yeah, so, like, what's it like being around football? I told him. Like, he's like, they're genuinely interested in the football team. Uh like even Wes Gordon was saying, Wes Gordon was Wes Gordon's all behind the football team right now. It's pretty. He's good friends. with He's Bruce got Bobo. boys, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's cool to see. And, and then they have uh, Portland at Portland, which will be a tough game before they come home to face Xavier. But we'll probably have a basketball podcast between CSU and Portland. So looking forward to Wofford and CSU. Uh, Wofford should be an easy win. CSU, on the other hand, you never know how that game's gonna go. Uh, you, you just never do. It, I mean, the years you expect Colorado to win, sometimes Colorado, Colorado State wins, and, and vice versa. Uh, I like the buffs in this game based on uh, what I've seen from CSU thus far. But in uh, Colorado at home, stuff to beat. But uh, definitely the first big home game of the year will be a week from today. That's exciting. I'm curious from Ted, what do you think? attendance going to look like for that it's gonna be really interesting they, they made these tickets very expensive but they introduced this unique thing called stampede pricing where the price will drop if tickets are still available leading up to the game it's gonna based on what i'm seeing i think so many people aren't even thinking about it and because it's gonna fall the week between the utah game and the pac-12 championship should see you win i don't know how it's gonna be if cu loses against utah I think you might actually see more people show up for the CSU basketball game because more people trying to maybe get the bad taste out of their mouths or knowing that there's at least another month before CU football plays. If it's a week between that game and a Pac-12 championship, I worry that it might not actually sell out. But it should be a good student section Wednesday night game. should be a good vibe in there regardless of whether or not it's 100% packed. Um, well, don't you think yeah. a lot of CSU fans are going to find their way in there then if the Colorado tickets aren't selling? No. Not really. I think you'd see about as many as you saw last time. I mean, they couldn't even fill their own arena for a game against CU where there were a 1,000 CU fans there last year. I really don't put that much faith in the traveling abilities of, of Colorado State Rams basketball fans. I mean, they brought a couple hundred last time, and I expect them to have about the same this time. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm really interested because this basketball team, I mean, I don't want to say they deserve, but – they are the let's not let us not forget they're the ones that got you through the last seven years of terrible Colorado football. Yeah, uh, like don't don't forget about that. Show them some love because Xavier. Just be yeah, right, but I mean, just because this football team is back, you know, it's not like they play on the same days. You have no reason, yeah, to not go to the basketball team's games because football is playing. I think it's just people have one-track minds. Last year, the end of the football season, and the year before that, and the year before that, everybody was talking about the basketball team and counting down the days until the basketball team started playing. I think, I mean, I get that it's Basically, your rival. Basically, BSN Buffs podcast is endorsing, endorsing having several mistresses. <laughs> but wait, okay, sure. but wait, okay, well, oh, okay, whatever that meant. But my point is, 
asking I, I people made to the, pay the same I made price. the reference in my head, and then I continued it, but then I said the thing out loud. I was like, it's like loving two girls at once, but then I forgot to say that part out loud. I wouldn't know anything about that. But anyway, the point is that I think it's <laughs> foolish to charge the same price for CSU, even though they are supposedly your rival and it's a big game for the students, to charge that much when they're not that good of a team compared to Xavier. Those tickets are very expensive for CSU, and I think that might be part of the reason why it doesn't sell out. If those were priced the same as all their other non-conference games that weren't, you know, a top 10 team in the country, I think it would unquestionably sell out. I'm not really interested in seeing a sellout. I'm interested in seeing the fans show out, get rowdy, it'll be good. make it raucous. It'll be good. I think it'll be good. I think it might be more like 10000 but I think it'll be good. Cool. I'm excited to call the game. Uh, this will be the first CU-CSU game I get to call, so that I rem- thumbs up. I remember where you were the last time CU played CSU at the Coors Event Center, and it was it was not a pretty oh. sight. You don't, I'm still not over that. We can't talk about that. I'm still not over that. I uh, I missed the last CU-CSU game, which was the first one I've missed in a long time. Jake ended up having to cover that one for me. Where were you? I forget that. dealing oh, with a family matter, yeah. a friend matter. So uh, this was the one in Fort Collins last year? Yep. That was yep. a lot of fun. I'm sorry you missed that. That was a no, great game. No, it was – it's their media, and I'll never get over how terrible their auxiliary media seating is, especially when you're small. The desk is literally up to my face. I, like, <laughs> it's way too high for me. Right. Okay. Like, and so, like, I had to close my laptop to see, like, the, the court. And then, like, <laughs> like their student section's, like, right to my left. And I, I was lucky because I was right on, the, right on the, the aisle. But if I was right on the aisle, like, I would have seen half the court. Like, the person next to me kept, like, leaning over all the way to the right. Like, and I was like, why is your so head in my lap? I was in the top to row paint and I might a picture, have had a We as media, we just love complaining about shit. So, like, but absolutely just, anything we can find to complain <laughs> about. But, I mean, this is, like, legitimately inhumane. <laughs> to paint a picture for you, at a normal place, they'll give you, like, a chair – a reasonable desk, like some outlets to plug your computer in, right. the usual stuff you would and, need. And they'll give you a soda and maybe some food if you're lucky. Water, and, yeah. And, and some notes and, you know, uh, this, some help like Wi-Fi passwords and stuff like that. This thing is – it's stadium seats um, put on like this wood thing. And like the desk is literally just like a two-by-four or two two-by-fours like going across a metal bar. And I'm, I'm telling you it's up to – my heart like where it lands so wow. i remember i ended up just putting my laptop on my lap and doing it that way but that was weird because like half of my laptop was under the desk so <laughs> this, it's that's the most some, csu thing ever some big 12 some big 12 quality and, and since you were there last they don't do free soda anymore at the basketball games uh which even cu does they don't do food for cu but they do do free soda but the the joke in the csu media is that they can't afford to give media soda anymore because Larry Eustacey drinks so much soda that they spent all the soda budget on Larry Eustacey. It's gross. Everything about Larry Eustacey is gross. <laughs> his name his is so shirts, bad. I'm excited his to watch shirts him. are gross. <laughs> I'm excited to watch him yell a lot. <laughs> I hope he wears his orange shirt oh. again. <laughs> why Why is CSU orange? Because they used to be one of their colors, Aggies. But Colorado doesn't wear blue. No, because we're cool. And they already They're have good cool. colors. Like, if you were green and gold, you would want to change your colors too. Yeah, uh, everything. It's about nice to be talking about CSU. I totally forgotten about them. <laughs> I just needed to be perturbed by something for a little while to end this podcast. Uh, anyway, so wait, are we making? Are we? We're not even. We're all predicting a win. We're not even just going to talk about that. It's basketball. Why? You can't predict basketball. How are you going to predict a score? 
Are you predicting I've done it before. How would you do it? True story. Wait, wait, wait. I made a bet with somebody what? that what we ne we've never ever predicted a basketball score on Shap. this podcast. Shout. Interesting. I predicted for the CU Harvard game in 2013. I predicted one of my favorite games that I've been. That was a fun game. I predicted that at a certain exact time, not a time on the clock, but a time of day, the score would be 52-47 Harvard, and that CU would go on to win the game, and that is what happened. So you can predict basketball. The prophet. Pack Fesser. <laughs> and the Shaft. But fine, I won't. All here on the BSN Buffs Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, coming to you from the Blake Street Tavern, as always. They're going to win. Bird, That's my prediction. Ted Chalfin, Jake Shapiro. Uh, follow all of our content on bsnbuffs.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff. And we will see you. And well, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners. And we are extremely thankful for all of you listening in and everyone who supports BSN Denver in any capacity. Next week. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>